0: The second thing the text tells us is not only is the Word of God alive, but the Word of God changes us. The vocation of the Christian is to hear the call of the Spirit, to be an intercessor in whatever place God has positioned you. That's why we do what we do at New Life Church. Not to keep you busy, but to help you belong. Amen. I like that. All right, friends, let's go ahead and find our seats this morning. Good morning. 11 a.m. service. Well, give yourselves a hand. Oh, you don't want to give yourselves. Fine if you don't want to, uh, I'll, Hey, I'll tell you what. One thing that I learned about uh, sabbatical is that I really like the 11 a.m. service. <laughs> I love. I love the second service. I mean, getting to just sleep in a little bit and take the morning a little bit more slowly and drink not one but two maybe three cups of coffee just yeah be ready on time you're not rushed like you guys really should be like the loudest most energetic most exuberant servant you really should be with all that just downtime that you had right before you came here guys i love you it's so great to be back with my family, back in the house. And I see that there are several new faces that have joined the family since I've left. My name's Jay Duncan, and uh, I'm the lead pastor here. Been here for 17 years with my wife. She had to take the kids to go home because we are blessing our staff tonight. Can you give it up for our staff? I happen to believe that we have the best staff on the planet. And so we're going to have fun tonight. We're going to grab dinner. We're going to come back to the house. So she's going to, you know, just yeah, straighten things up a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, uh, we family, but we ain't that family yet. Right? Yeah, yeah. Oh man, guys, I think I've got a pretty decent word for you this morning. It's, uh, it's a great word. It's a fun word. It's an encouraging word. It's. uh, I think it's an activating word. It's. It's not a word that you can sit back on and just kind of you know go. Well, that's good. That's fine. Like it's a word that you got to lean in on. I need some people to talk to me this morning. All right. There you go. There you go. And I need. uh, I need you to be willing for the Holy Ghost to challenge you a little bit. Anybody ready for that? Anybody willing? Steve, are you okay if the Holy Spirit challenges you? Listen, guys. This guy has been a faithful follower of Jesus for like. A hundred years. So, uh, oh, that, wasn't, that wasn't off-putting, was it? <laughs> uh, he's been following Jesus longer than I've been alive. And man, this guy is such a gift to the house. Okay, let's pray. I know we've done a lot of prayer, but I need the help of the Holy Spirit because I have an assignment this morning to talk with you about becoming a people of response. Becoming a people of response. Becoming a house of that responds amen Amen. so lord in the name of jesus i pray for the holy spirit of the living god to just breathe on us afresh to move upon us to stir us to rouse our hearts to arouse our hearts unto an awakened people that we would be fully alive that we would be a people of god fully alive in you and god i pray today zoe life zoe life the abundant life of god the overflowing life of god would touch every single one of us, that it would well up inside of us, that you would breathe on the embers of our passion afresh and anew, that we would hear what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to the church in this hour, and we pray this in Jesus' name, amen, amen. All right, so for those of you guys who might be new to either New Life or New Life Midtown, or you're just new to the idea of Advent, we are in the season of Advent. And I did not know this. Pastor Jonathan shared, I think, marvelously last week, so succinct, so clear, so brilliant. And he talked with us a little bit about what Advent is. I want to encourage you to listen to last week's message because it was prophetic and it was a word for this season. And he gave a little kind of precursor about what the season that we are in is. I want to share a little bit to that because I believe Advent is a time where we identify with our family roots, Now, we just came out of a series in the book of Ruth, and we know how important genealogies are. Aaron came up at the first Sunday of Advent. He talked with us about the genealogy of Jesus, had some sketchy characters in there, but those sketchy characters reveal the fact that there is no one beyond God's redemptive hand. Is that right? Isn't that right? And so genealogies matter, and we belong to a people. Christianity didn't begin last week, last month. It didn't begin, you know, with your granny. It didn't begin with the charismatic movement. We belong to a people that go all the way back to Abraham. When God called Abraham out, he called him, he chose him. He put a call upon his life. He says, I'm going to bless you. And as I bless you, because of your faithfulness, I'm going to touch every single nation on the planet. Guys, that's incredible. And that promise is still being fulfilled today. And we belong to the people of Israel. We belong to a people that lived in darkness, that lived in exile. They lived in slavery. They lived in oppression. And they lived with this intense longing for their deliverer to come and set them free and make things right. And I just happen to think that in the echoes of that, like in our DNA, I think we can tap into that. I think we can tap into a level of expectation that has been in our great, great, great grandparents that longed for the arrival of the Messiah. And I'm just here to tell you today, there is a war. This hit me earlier this week. Like there is a war because Advent is really a time where we we're invited by God to slow down and we're invited by God to slow down, to remember that we belong to a people We're invited by God to slow down so that we can look around. Sometimes you can see it's hard to look around when you're going fast. And I mean, we're already, it's December, 12 days into December. I mean, it's, I feel like it's just been a blink. Anybody else feel that way? You're like, wait, hold up. Like we're halfway there. We're at the halfway mark, right? Christmas is in 13 days. We're at the halfway mark. We're there. It's crazy. Yeah, some of y'all are freaking out right now. You're freaking out. Why? Because it's going so fast. And don't get me wrong. I love it, man. The parties and the cookies and all. It's incredible. But Advent is an invitation to say, slow down so that you can look around. And when you look around, remember that things are not as they should be. Slow down to look around. And when you look around, see the people that are around you that are they're grieving in this season there's brokenness see i think advent calls us to enter into the brokenness of humanity and even into our own brokenness to not just gloss over it to not cover it up to not throw a scripture at it but to sit and look deep in our brokenness and say god this 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 is painful this is not right and let it stir emotion. Some of you might get angry at that. Some of you might feel, you might come to the brink of hopelessness. I think Advent calls us to that place. I think it calls us all the way to the edge of darkness where you're angry and you feel abandoned and you feel neglected and you feel you feel like nothing will ever change. And then Advent says, Christmas is coming. Christmas is coming. A savior now unto us, a savior is born, but Advent also calls us to look to the future, to look to the future when God himself will make all things right. Jonathan had this great phrase last week where he said that Advent is not a season where we just wait on God, but it's also a season, anybody remember this? Yes, Milan! Dude, if I had, like, candy bars, I'd be, like, throwing them to you right now, right? It's not just a season where we wait on God, but we wait wait with God, that God is... He's in the waiting with us. I read something this week. I can't remember what it was, but there was this picture of like a mom. Any moms in the house that are grandparents that that were like either in the waiting room or in the delivery room with your daughter? Anybody? Right? So like you know what I'm talking about right now. Advent is, God is like that mom who is in the delivery room with us. Waiting. Waiting. My wife's mom, Christy's mom, was an OBGYN nurse, and I just heard her whisper. She goes, that's what I did. Like, that's what she did. Like, you can't force the baby out. Or you, can't make, you can't make time go faster. And so the mom is waiting with the dog. They're entering into that yoke of waiting together. God is in the yoke of waiting with you, friend. So we're not just waiting on God. God, hurry up. We're waiting with him. He's with you. When we talk about waiting on God, we're talking about one dynamic of the kingdom. And the dynamic of the kingdom is the fact that that God is going to make all things completely right. Like when you look throughout the prophetic books and you see this this phrase, on that day or in that day, God is making all these promises that speak twofold. He's speaking to when Jesus comes the first time, but he's also speaking to when Jesus is going to come again. And you see all these promises to the people of Israel. Promises that belong to us as well. Promises that can feed and nourish our hope and our soul as well. In the first service, we read this verse. We're not going to read it today because I I got a place I need to get to. I didn't quite get there in the first service. But in the book of Revelation, if you look towards the last two chapters, you will see what is waiting for us. Right? You will see that there is coming a day where there will be no tears in our eyes. There will be no sadness. There will be no mourning. There will be no brokenness. All of the injustice of the earth, racially, economically, gender injustice, systemic injustice, government injustice, nation's injustice, corruption, all of that is gone because God is coming to make every broken thing from the personal level to the the nation's level, he's making it all right. He is coming to make a new heavens and a new earth. And so we're saying, God, we're waiting on that but we're also waiting with God. Like we're, we're, we're waiting on the God who is transcendent. And what do I mean by transcendent? I mean the God who is absolutely, magnificently bigger and beyond anything that we can imagine. He is utterly beyond us, right? With words like the infinitude of God, right? He, he knows no beginning, he knows no end. We're speaking about the transcendence of God. He's the God who who sits above the cosmos. But we also serve the God who's right here next to us, as close as our next breath. That's the imminence of God, the closeness of God, the God who clothed himself in flesh and came to live in our neighborhood, the God who came near, the God who is irresistibly close. He, He couldn't be away from us a second longer. And so when we talk about waiting with God, we're talking about looking for how God is at work in our lives now, not just then. Do you know that God's at work in your life now? He is at work in you. You are not who you were last year, and thank God for it. And you're not who you were when you first started this journey. I remember earlier on in my journey, there were things in my Christian life that man, I I would just agonize over. And it's not that I become callous to sin. It's that I've become conditioned to the greatness of God's love. It's that the forgiveness and the mercy and the grace of God have become my reality. They're my story. They're my song. And I realize that God's unconditional love for me is greater than any mistake I could possibly make. I'm growing. God's at work in me. God's at work in you. You're, You're more gentle than you used to be, whether you realize that or not. You're more patient than you used to be. Right? You know more of the heart and the character of God than you used to. You care about the things of God more than you used to. Right? God's at work in you. And He is at work. He is at work all around you. The fact that you are here this morning is evidence that God is at work. I mean, how easy it is. Like, listen, the, the tide of the culture is not to come and gather with the people of God it's easier to sleep in. It's easier to take the morning slow, and it's easier to say, "Uh, I'll just watch it online. That's, That's the tide of the culture. But the fact that you're here today, friends, it's evidence that God is drawing you, whether you realize it or not, whether you know what he's up to or not, whether you realize how you being here is God at work in and through your life, right? Somebody today needed your presence here in this place right? So the people that you interact with, when you think, oh, you know, I'm just, I'm just being a good personality, or I'm, I'm just being kind. No, God is breathing on your interactions with the people that are around you, and he's at work in those things. How many of you this year in 2021? Guys, we're to be, it's about to be 2022 pretty soon. How many of you in 2021 have ever entertained, just even emotionally, mentally, you've come to the end of yourself And you've just wanted to throw up your hands and kind of like quit in something, right? And the fact that you have not is evidence of the fact that God is at work. God is at work in you, and he is at work with you. He's waiting with you. Relational conflicts, relational breakdowns. When you wanna like harden your heart and you wanna cut ties and you wanna run and yet something holds your feet to the fire and you say, I'm not gonna run, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stay here and we're gonna deal with this, that's God at work in you. Like when you show up to your job and and you've got no energy and no passion to show up and and you feel like that there's no lateral movement or you feel like there's no upward movement, and the fact that you choose to say there's just no movement, right? And you choose to stay in that and say, God, I'm gonna be faithful, I'm gonna be excellent. I'm gonna be responsible. God's at work in that. God's at work in that. God is moving in that. Yeah. Friends, every time you bring your sorrow to the Lord, every time you sing a song, every time you pray a prayer, every time you give your hard earned dollar, that's God at work. And He's waiting with you. He's in this yoke together with you. So, our job and our responsibility is to learn how to see Him at work. Our job is we're waiting on God for the fullness of his kingdom. Our job is to see how God is at work right now because they work together. The waiting with God and the waiting on God, they work together. Because when you can see how God is at work in your life right now, in the present, it gives you hope for the fact that he is working in the future. You, You see that? But then when, when you can't see him at work in your life right now and you have the promises of God that he is at work in your future, it gives you hope to hold on right now. So what do we do? What do we do in the meantime? Well, we wait faithfully by responding wholeheartedly. Like there's so many ways that we can learn how to wait with God. But the one that I want to bring to you today is learning how to enter into the discipline of of response. And it's a discipline. It's the discipline of responding to the revelation of who God is and what God has done. And here's how I know it's a discipline. Because my wife used to be a cheerleader back in the day. And I, I like to make fun of her and say, that's not really a sport. You know, like, I played basketball. I played football. Like, you know, you cheered, like, and dude, you'll you see, like, something will rise up inside of her. And she, she'll, like, gloves off. She was like, no, let me tell you, we used to run around. We used to like run laps and we would like cheer. And I was like, okay, relax. (laughs) Like, why do we have cheerleaders at sports? Because it's not natural to respond. It's not natural because you need people to draw that response out of you, right? And what I'm here to tell you today is that God is in your response. That God is in your response. Go with me to the book of Isaiah chapter 12. I've got got some things I want to put your eyes on today. And there are five power words in Isaiah 12. Power words. I like that. Power words. Like they're these active dynamic verbs. They're active verbs. They're not neutral words. They're not not passive words. We're going to read this together. Not out loud, but you can look on the screen. Isaiah chapter 12, verse 1 says, In that day you will say, I will praise you, Lord. Although you were angry with me, your anger has turned away and you have comforted me. Guys, listen, there's a day when we're not gonna have to worry where we stand with with God. We're not gonna wonder, God, are you okay with me? Like in that day, the absolute assurance of salvation will be the bedrock of our hope and our trust. We look at verse two. Surely God is my salvation. I will trust and I will not be afraid imagine living life not an ounce of fear not an ounce of fear that that is what we have to look forward to the lord the lord himself is my strength he is my defense and he has become my salvation with joy you will draw water from the wells of salvation now this is really subtle but in the first couple of verses all those words are individual and then he makes this subtle turn to how god is at work in the corporate community And he is saying that as I reveal myself to you as your salvation, then you will come together with the people of God. And with joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation that will spring out and touch everybody that's around you. Isn't that amazing? All right, now let's go to verse 4. This is where it gets really good. And this is where I'm going to need your help. And by the way, I'm going to preach strong for probably about 10 to 12 minutes. And then after that, we're going to go back into worship. I, I want to activate this word by us singing out loud and let God do like just ignite something inside of us. All right. So verse four, it says, it says, give praise in that day. You will say give praise to the Lord. Everybody say give praise. Give praise. Proclaim his name. Say proclaim. proclaim. That's number two, make known among the nations what he has done. Say make known. make known. All right. That's number three. Let's keep reading. It says sing to the Lord. Say sing. For he has done glorious things and let this be known to all the world shout aloud say shout aloud. shout aloud and sing for joy people of zion for great is the holy one of israel among you listen to these power verbs right give praise proclaim his name make known what he has done translation testify testify all right number four sing and number five shout aloud So my proposal, my thesis to you guys this morning is this. We learn to wait with God when we learn how to discipline ourselves to become a people who respond to who God is and what God has done. Now let's touch each of these just a little bit. Number one, Isaiah chapter 12 verse four says, you will give praise. Notice that praise is something that you give, which means that if it's something that you can give, It's also something that you can withhold. And there is no one who can praise like you can praise. Like there are times, there are times I've asked God. It's funny. I said, Lord, of all the gifts you could have given me, I said, I wish you would have given me a voice. Because if you would have given me a voice, man, I would sing and I would make known. And the Lord's saying, you can still do that, son. Right? (laughs) Ain't nothing holding you back from giving you, giving me your praise. Right? (laughs) Giving God our praise is not just something we do because we're talented. It's not something that we do because we feel like it. It's not something we do because we feel like the spirit of God's on on us or because we're we're in an, an exuberant environment. Like every day of your life, every moment of every day, when you become aware that God has done something, praise can come out of your mouth. And listen, the enemy doesn't like it when you praise. There's a reason why God sent forth, when he would send his armies out to do battle, do you know who he would send forth first? He wouldn't send forth the the strongest warriors. He didn't send forth the tallest people. That makes sense. We're going to intimidate these people. He would send forth musicians and singers and people that would lift up the name of God and proclaim praise to him. Because here's what God understood, and it's still true today, that when you praise God, you change atmospheres. That when you praise God, that you're doing spiritual battle against the enemy. Some of you parents are in this room today, and you're, just, you're racking your brain. And you're going, I don't know what to do with my kid. You know what you need to do? You need to start praising God over them. You need to start lifting up the name of God over their lives. The, the, there's this word here, praise. It's yada. And it means to vocally lift up our voices and give God what belongs to him. But it also means to give thanksgiving. And let me just give you a little secret in the Christian life that when you find yourself getting a little angsty with people, when you find yourself getting a little perturbed and annoyed with people, try thanking God for them. And you know what will happen? Your heart will become conditioned. You'll You'll begin to see them the way that God sees them. Value will begin to increase in your eyes towards that person. And I've not done that in a while, but this week as I was praying over these scriptures, and as I was praying over Philippians chapter four, which says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, with thanksgiving, present your prayers and your supplications and make your petitions known to God. So I just started, it just started bubbling up out of me. I started thanking God for you. And as I began saying your name, you know what happened? Affinity and affection for you began to grow inside of me. I began to become overwhelmed with gratitude. Oh my God, I'm so grateful that you planted the Thompsons in this house, Lord. I'm so grateful for the Schmidt's. I'm so grateful for Jesse and for Monica and the Colefleshes and the Carrillos. I'm so grateful for the Corneliuses, like, like your value, it was always there. But Thanksgiving is like breathing on the dust of a well-worn book that's been there all along. And you go, oh my gosh, I've been looking for this. Try giving God thanks over the situations that are in your life over the people that are in your life the second word that we see right here is not just to give praise by the way gosh time is going so fast way, i just i just i got to get this in here all i'm going to say is if you don't praise god the rocks will okay let's go um the creation knows how to praise god the oceans know how to clap their hands the trees know how to wave their branches The rocks will cry out if you don't. And I don't know about you, I'm just purposing that ain't no rock gonna outpraise me. I love that you guys caught that. The second phrase that we see here is to proclaim his name. One of the most powerful things that you can do for your own faith is to proclaim the name of God. Just speak his name, speak his name. Announce his name over your mind. Announce his name. When, when fear tries to creep in to your imagination, when fear tries to creep in and tell you all the things that are going to be awful and horrible, you know what you need to do? You need to just declare the name of God. And here's the thing. You cannot proclaim the name if you don't know his name. Like you can only proclaim the name to the degree that you know his name. You all know this story in Acts where a couple of sons of Sceva try to cast the devil out and they're like, oh, uh, you know, the, 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 the Jesus that Paul preaches. Like the demons know whether or not you know the name of God. The revelation of the name of God is a, sh- it is your security. It's your security. It's the thing that anchors you when all hell is breaking loose against your life. You know the thing that anchors you? It's the name of God. It's your revelation of the name of God. No one can take that away from you. God reveals his character by a name, right? So when Abram goes up and he's about to sacrifice his son Isaac in Genesis chapter 22, you guys know the story, right? Right, If you don't know the story... There's a man, the father of our faith, Abram. God commands him to take his son. Abram takes his son all the way up to this mountain. He's about to sacrifice him out of obedience. And God interrupts him. An angel of the Lord says, wait. And as he waited, he turned and he looked and he saw the provision of God. And what did Abram do? In that moment, on that place, on that mountain, he said out of his mouth, now I know that you are the God who provides. Right? It's the revelation of God's name, which is a revelation of his character. It's it's not coincidental that Jesus says, this is how you start off and you pray, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Why? Because all of your prayer life begins with understanding the name of God. Right? Like when you understand the name of God... He backs up everything in your faith with the reality of the full weight of who he is. There's a story in Exodus chapter 33. We can't go there, but read this on your own. Exodus 33, God has delivered the children of Israel. He's delivered Moses. They've exited out of 400 years of slavery. They've crossed the Red Sea. They're about to go into the promised land. And Moses is getting a little bit insecure. And he says, God, I'm not gonna go any further until you assure me that your presence is gonna go with us. Anybody ever felt like that before? Like, God, I am not not doing this one more day until I know you're on this, you're breathing on it, you're blessing it. I can't. I can't do this in my own strength and in my own ability. I can't expect to get eternal fruit out of what I'm doing unless I know that you're anointing this and that your blessing is upon this. That's where Moses was at. And this is what God said. He says, that's fair. And so God says to Moses, I want you to stand right here, son. And I'm going to cause my glory to pass over you. That's an important word. And then when, when, he, when he comes upon Moses, here's what happens. He proclaims his goodness over Moses. His presence overshadows Moses. And then this is what the word says in Exodus chapter 33. He proclaimed his name to Moses. Like I don't know, I don't know how more confident you can get in the assignment of God to know that I've got God's name backing this up. Like, talk about the ultimate name dropper, right? When Moses is, like, that's what, you just got to be good name droppers. Are you guys hearing what I'm saying? Like, drop, drop his name. <laughs> drop his name, I'm telling you. So God's presence and God's glory and God's goodness are all contained in his name. Friends, today, if you're here and you're saying, I don't know if God's going to provide You need a revelation from the scriptures of the fact that God is your provider. That I have been young and now I'm old and I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor their seed begging for bread. That my God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. I love the prayer that Mike prayed today, praying for peace. Do you know why I can bank on that prayer? Because I know that that's the name of God. That's his name. He is Jehovah Shalom. He is the God. that, in, he's, he's the God who falls asleep in storms. He's got so much peace that when hell's breaking loose in your life, he's just chilling, right? And he invites you into that same level of peace and rest, right? He's the God who heals. He's the God who heals all of your diseases. He is the God, Isaiah 54 tells us this. Like we know that upon... His back stripes were placed for the healing of the nations, for the healing of your body. He's the God who heals. He's the God who gives you strength. It's his name. All right, there's a verse here in Proverbs. You guys know this verse. It says, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. It is a fortified citadel. That's his name. So when you have revelation of his name, you can run into that and you can be safe. All right, here's the next word that we see. I don't have time to get to all these other words, but the last word we're going to land on is sing. And I'm going to have the worship team come on up right now because I'm already out of time. But here's what I want to say to you. I want to say to you, friends, that Christians are people who sing. That throughout Christian history, that God has revealed his character and his nature, and he has given us songs to sing right? We sing our faith. We sing the creeds. We sing hymns. We sing in dark seasons, and we sing when, when everything seems like it's going well. There's this, there's this verse in Isaiah chapter 40. Let me read this to you. It's such a great verse, and it tells us that God has given us a new song, a new song, How many of you guys have ever felt that? You ever felt like you've been spending time with the Lord and you're praying or you're reading your word or maybe you've got a worship album going on and then all of a sudden you just find yourself, you're singing new songs to the Lord. God will put a song in your mouth. This is in Psalm 40, verse one. I waited patiently for the Lord and he turned and he heard my cry and he lifted me up out of the slimy pit, out of the mud, out of the mire and he set my feet upon a rock and he gave me a firm place to stand. Look at this, verse 3. He put a new song in my mouth. You know, one of the ways that you can respond to God's work in your life is by singing. By being a people who respond in singing. In Acts chapter 16, I'm gonna just I'm gonna just prophesy this over you. And then when I'm gonna I'm gonna pray. I'm going to pray that God restore your song back to you. Something that I discovered over the course of these past two months on my sabbatical was that I lost my song. I would lost it. I don't even know when. I don't know how. I think I just got tired. I think you, just, you can get so tired that you lose that joyful song. You lose your song of remembrance. You lose your song of praise. But over the course of just looking deep in the face of God and letting God heal me and letting God restore me and letting God just bring rest back into my soul, I I remembered, oh my God, there is a song that the people of God have. In Acts chapter 16, many of you guys know this story, but the apostle Paul and his young accomplice Silas were doing ministry in the city of Philippi. And there was a young gal that was under great oppression. She was actually being used by men because she had these demonic powers that enabled her to tell the future. And so these men took advantage of that and they were making tons of money. And Paul and Silas come along and they cast the devils out of her. And then there is just this, there's this uproar in the city and they're thrown in prison. Paul and Silas are in prison. The scripture tells us this, that it was midnight. And they were in the deepest, darkest parts of the prison. Look at this. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying. And they were singing hymns to God. Do you know what that tells me? It tells me that we don't just sing when things are great. It tells me that one of the most important times to sing in your life is when the bottom is falling out, is when the darkness is suffocating you, is that when you can't find your way, sing your way through. Sing your way through. Sing your way into the light. Sing your way into remembrance. You know why? Because singing is a lot easier than just quoting scripture. It's easier, there's a melody, there's a tune, there's a power, there's an energy, there is a dynamic that when you sing, you're activating every part of your body. This is why it's important to lift your hands and clap your hands and shout aloud because singing activates, singing unites your body and your soul and your spirit. And the totality and the entirety of your being, God invades when you open up your mouth and you sing. You are releasing the power of God into your life and into your situation. And Paul and Silas around midnight, when it seemed like there was absolutely no hope, they began to lift their voice, so much so that everybody around them was singing, which tells me that they weren't just singing quietly. They weren't singing bashfully. Listen, you may not be able to sing good, but sing loud. Sing loud, right? Because you know that God is at work when you sing. That you know that God is responding to your response to Him. And I promise you guys, I'm here, I promise you, I promise you that as we become a people of response, we're going to find that God is going to meet us again and again and again. He's going to strengthen us He's going to form something inside of us. He is going to put in a, an unshakable faith inside of us. I want you to stand to your feet this morning. And I want to pray for every single one of us that we find our song, that we become a people of response, that we become a people who clap our hands, that we become a people who shout out loud, that we sing with joy, that we give our praise to God, that we don't hold back, that we proclaim his name, that we make his name known. How many of you guys can agree with that this morning? Come on, come on, clap your hands to the Lord this morning, church. Yes, yes, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Guys, but you don't know what else to say. Hallelujah is the greatest form of praise. And God, today, right now, with every hand in this house lifted high. God, I'm asking, I'm praying a dangerous prayer. I am praying that you would make us a house of awakening. That you would make us a house of healing. That you would make us a house of joy. That you would make us a house of strength. That you would make us a house where your spirit is alive and moving in power in our midst, Oh God. God, I pray that you would unlock the wells of
1: salvation. I pray that you would unlock the wells of your spirit. I pray that you would
0: unlock the wells of your gifts. of the lord in the land of the living we know things are going to be great then but god we're waiting with you we're waiting with you which means that you are at work every minute of every moment of every hour of every day we are waiting together with you i i have this word i had this word that hit me as i think it was between services and it was sing from your guts sing from your guts Right? Sometimes, like, you got to just, you got to sing and pray and cry and shout from here. It's from here. Right? Now, I'm not saying that God doesn't move when you're, you know, it's everything's right here. I'm not saying that. But I am saying that there is something when you get down onto a guttural, visceral level, I think it taps into God, to, to this thing of saying, God, with everything inside of me right I'm not here to pray cute prayers I'm not here to just sing a sing a night song I'm here because you saved my life I'm here because I need you that's why I'm here because I'm desperate for you like I give you permission to be desperate I give you permission to be desperate asking today that we would we'd be a people that sing from our guts sing from our guts right guys here's here's why here's why we can give our praise here's why we can proclaim his name and we can testify and we can sing and we can shout because we serve the God who raised Jesus from the dead Huh? that's where my hope is at my hope is not in the president, my hope's not in the economy. My hope's not in my job, my gifts, my abilities. My hope's not in you. My hope is in the God who raised Jesus from the dead. That's why I sing, right? That's why you sing. And today, we're gonna to come to this table with joy. We're gonna to come to this table with victory, with triumph, and with expectation. And we're gonna believe that God, he's doing something. He is igniting our response in a way that he has never done before. Listen, we're going to roll into 2022 with strength. Can we do that? Can we do that? I'm not I, we're going to roll in. We're going to we're going to we're going to catch our stride. And we're going to we're going to attack 2022. Right? We're going to attack it. We're going to attack it with strength. We're going to attack it with the fresh song. Amen. All right, you rowdy bunch, you can exit on your left come up here, you can grab these elements and we're gonna we're gonna praise our way into the table and around the table of the Lord. Come on let's have a feast. let's go. Hallelujah. Oh God you are better than we could ever imagine. You are better than we can imagine. You are exceedingly abundantly above all that we can imagine never fail you are always at work hallelujah you turn our morning into dancing Lord weeping may endure for a night but joy comes in the morning I'm here to tell you today joy is coming in the morning church joy is coming in the morning for you in the name of Jesus I don't know when your morning's coming but I know that when your morning comes there's joy there it's waiting for you It's waiting for you. You're a good church. All right, guys. With the bread, the body of Christ in our open hand. We open our hand because we are physically embodying the reality that everything that we have has been given to us by God. And Jesus announced on the night of his betrayal, just hours before his death and his crucifixion, he said, this is my body. I can't explain it, I don't know how it happens, but when when we are here right now taking this wafer, we are entering into and participating with the epiclesis, the spirit of God makes this in some way shape and form and makes it the body of Christ himself to us. And so today I announce to you brothers and sisters, This is the body of Christ and it is broken for you. Let us take and let us eat. Yes, hallelujah. I get excited when I come to the table. And then the cup of the new covenant. Aren't you so glad we don't live under an old covenant? I would not have done well in an old covenant. I can't do no old covenant, y'all. I do too many bad things, I get too guilty. Oh my gosh, not too, work, too works oriented. We live under a new covenant. It is not a covenant of works. It is not a covenant of distance. I don't need no high priest to go into the Holy of Holies for me. It is a new covenant that says, Come near. I have torn the veil. It is a covenant of forgiveness and redemption. It's a covenant of grace and life and the Spirit of God Himself. So, friends, let us receive with joy this new covenant by the blood of Christ shed for you. Come on. a foretaste of what's to come. I don't even know what that means. I just know, like, that's not really good, but what (laughs) is coming is going to be great. I can't wait. All I'm saying is I can't wait. I can't wait to the good stuff. All right. Ah! You guys, Christ is risen. Yes, he has. And you are the people of God. You're his people, full of his spirit. Called into the world to bring light and life and joy. And if there's ever a time where the people of the world need it, it's now. So let's let's give God our doxology, a pray as a song of thanksgiving, and then I'm gonna slap a fat one on you. Like just a just a thick blessing. Alright, let's go. Yeah, let's go. Let's pray. Let's leave. I'm gonna pray today for radical generosity. I'm gonna pray for just, I'm gonna pray for miracles on your life this week. I'm gonna pray that God puts you in touch with people that you could have never orchestrated yourself. I'm gonna pray that things that have been dead in your life, that they would come alive, because the same God who raised Christ from the dead dwells in you. So I say life, live again, live again. I pray that you would prophesy this week, this week, I pray if you're not filled with the Holy Ghost, that this week, I pray that you would be filled with the Holy Ghost this week, that the baptism of God's Spirit would come upon you in power. I pray that you would dream again, that you would dream again, that you would have visions and that you would dream dreams and that your tongue would be loose, that you would write new songs. Oh God, I'm praying today that you would just put your hand on us in power and in might and in blessing and in favor and i pray that it surprise you and i pray new testimonies in the house of midtown that this will be a house of testimony because god is constantly working and that you just have to testify amen amen guys go have a great week i'll see you next week invite 20 friends each of you